Hi guys, my name is Sarah Balding and this is my podcast, Faithfully Following. So today we're going to be talking about peace, and with that we're going to be talking about Jesus, who one of his names that he is given in Isaiah 9 is that he is the Prince of Peace. So we're going to be talking about how Jesus is the Prince of Peace, how we can have true peace in our own lives, and um, really everything, everything about that. So first we're going to start off with prayer, and then we're going to get into it. Dear God, I just thank you for this day and that we're able to have your word to guide us each and every day. And I pray that you would help me to portray the message of your truth accurately and that it would touch our hearts and change our lives and that we would be able to know your peace personally and see it and feel it in our lives. And I pray that you would just help each and every one of us to have that today. I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So... I decided to do this week's podcast on peace because if I'm being honest, this is a very unpeaceful time in my life. Um, I'm getting ready to transition from high school to college, and that comes with a lot of different stressors from a lot of different areas in my life. And so just trying to navigate through those times. I'm constantly praying about um, peace and asking God to give me peace and help me be peaceful during this time in my life. And so I figured what better than to talk about peace with you guys as I'm learning how to have that in my own life. And so over the past two weeks, peace has just come up in so many different sermons, in my own Bible reading, and just kind of everywhere. So I was definitely like, okay, I feel like the Lord's telling me something, and I feel like it has to do with peace. So that's what we're going to talk about. Um, and I'm really excited because I have some good stuff to share with you that was kind of a realization or a revelation for me, but might just seem obvious to you, but either way, um, I think it'll be helpful for all of us. So like I mentioned before, we're going to start off in Isaiah because it tells us who Jesus is. And we just got done with Easter uh, yesterday. And so this is kind of tying into that because Isaiah 9, 6 says, for a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. And today we're really going to be focusing on that last name for Jesus, Prince of Peace, and talking about what that means in how that correlates to the cross and to peace in our own lives. So first of all, if we look at that name, Prince of Peace, why isn't he the king of peace, right? You know, it's Jesus we're talking about. But Jesus is under the authority of God when he comes to earth. He says repeatedly throughout the Gospels, like, I do the will of my Father who sent me. And so we know that um, in John 1.1, it says right off the bat that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So we know that Jesus is equal with God. He's fully man and fully God, but he is carrying out the will of the Father here on this earth through uh, fulfilling his role and dying on the cross for us. And that will of the Father that he is carrying out is directly related to him being the Prince of Peace. And that's what we're here to talk about today. 
And so we're going to start off keeping that in mind, but looking at how this the whole Bible is this continuous story. And today we're looking through it as a story of, of peace and how currently we don't have peace, but there was peace a long time ago because peace was God's original intent. And so if we go all the way back to Genesis, the first couple of pages in your Bible, we see what God's original intent for man, his creation was. And we see in the Garden of Eden that God placed man into that garden and that there there was perfection. There was a healthy and perfect relationship between God and his creation. And Adam and Eve were in perfect obedience to God and there was harmony. And and it was almost just this like utopia, this this perfection that was God's creation of having his children live with him and live in right relationship with him. Um, and it says, it says in 1 Corinthians 14, 33, that God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. And we see in this, in this picture of the Garden of Eden that God here is the author of peace. He is creating our first example of of harmony between humans and God. And so this this perfect order and innocence that was the life of Adam and Eve was the original intent of God and human. And that was what he wanted for us to live in this world without evil, without sin, without pain and suffering. And that's what that was in the Garden of Eden. And so man was at peace with God for a short period of time because, of course, um, Eve decided to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which God had told uh, Adam and Eve not to eat from. And that broke this covenant relationship, this agreement between God and man, and that brought sin or disobedience to God into the world for the very first time. And since that moment, man has been at war with God. Man has been up oppositionary towards God. And we we are a part of Adam's family. Adam is the head of our covenant. Um, that's a big word. It just means that because Adam and Eve sinned, we also have a sinful nature and we have a desire inherently within us to turn away from God, to disobey God. And so we're not at peace with God. We're opposing him, and you could even say that we're at war with God. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us is is at war with God, is, is not in peace with him. And so if we're not at peace with God, then we can't have true peace ourselves because ultimately true peace only comes from being in right relationship with God. And we're going to get to that a little bit later, but... The key point here is that a sinful man can never achieve peace with God and, and heal that relationship by his own power. And so that's why this Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, comes to this earth to heal that relationship between God and man. And in John 14, 27, it makes this clear. It says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. 
I'm, I'm going to focus on that middle part that it says that the peace given to us by God, by Jesus, is, is not of this world. The world can't give us that kind of peace. You can't take a spa weekend or a mental health day and, and feel truly at peace because there's, there's still going to be this broken relationship between you, the created, and your creator. And until that relationship is healed and restored through God and through Jesus, we're the only ones that can do that. You're not going to be able to experience this peace of mind and this peace of heart. And so this is where our Prince of Peace comes in. And the first verse I want to show to you guys to point this out is Colossians 1, 19 through 20. It says, For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. So this is really showing, first of all, that um, once again, God was in Jesus. Jesus was fully man, fully God. He proved that authority by raising from the dead after um, and defeating death after dying on the cross. And, and secondly, it shows that we're reconciled to God through Jesus and through the blood he shed on the cross. And that is something that I think is so cool because it, it, I, I like this image of war because it really gets in our minds clearly these two sides. On one side is God and on one side is us and we're fighting him. We're turning from him to go sin, to go do whatever we want. And, and that was that was the lack of peace that we had. And God was like, that's not okay. I want to give you peace. I want to have peace with you in relationship with you. And so he sent his son to the cross. And through the Prince of Peace coming and dying on that cross, there is peace made between us and God and we're reconciled because before we were against God and now we don't have to be against him. We can be with God. So essentially, peace is a reconciled relationship with God above all, and that is why we needed the cross so that we were, and that is why we needed Jesus and needed the Prince of Peace to come and die on the cross so that we can have that reconciled relationship. There's a couple other verses I want to share with you guys that point out this same point that that peace really is is being right with God and, and having that healed relationship that can only be possible through Jesus and through his sacrifice. Acts 10.36 says, This is the message of good news for the people of Israel, that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. Romans 5.1 says something similar. It says, Since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we see repeated here in the New Testament that, that we are not just in a broken relationship with God, but that that relationship is healed through Jesus and that we can have peace with God by Jesus and by his blood that he gave on the cross. So we can accept that gift of salvation and, and really that gift of peace um, and this allows us to trust in God and not only to trust that he is going to give us forgiveness for our sins, that, that Jesus truly heals that relationship. We trust in that and we believe in that, number one. But also we, we trust that 
that God is going to provide for us in all circumstances because the same God who sent the Prince of Peace, his one and only son to die on the cross out of love is the same God who is in control of your life and who has this beautifully ordained plan for you. And he, he loves you so much and he wants good things for you. He wants you to live a life that it's pleasing to him. And that is ultimately what is going to be best for you. And so when you are following that God, when you accept that blessing and believe that that is the God you are trusting in, then you don't have to worry about your circumstances. And you not only have peace in that reconciled relationship, but you have peace throughout your circumstances on this world. Romans 8, 6 says, the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. So here we see that the Holy Spirit, which you will receive once you believe that the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, offered you salvation on the cross and took the blame for your sins, when you believe that, you get the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit allows life and peace into your life. And so if you let yourself be governed by it, if you choose to listen to that Holy Spirit inside of you and you choose to obey it daily, then you're going to be able to have life, eternal life, and in peace. Psalms 85.8, I will listen to what God the Lord says. He promises peace to his people, his faithful servants. Again, to those who are actively following God, his faithful servants, he promises peace to them. And we know that our God is a God who fulfills his promises and who we can have confidence that he will fulfill them, just like he promised that that he would send someone to reconcile the relationship in in Genesis 3 guys he there was there was hintings at that 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 this relationship that had been broken by Adam and Eve wasn't going to stay broken even in the very first pages of our Bible, we see that God is promising that he'll heal it. And he did heal it through Jesus, just like that promise. Every promise God's, God makes, we have the utmost confidence in because he is a God who keeps his promises. And so if he's promising peace to his people, we can have assurance in that. And we know that as followers, we will have peace with God. And then through that, we can have peace in our circumstances. And a final verse, just to emphasize that even more, is Galatians 5, through 23. And it says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And when we have the Spirit within us, it's because we accepted the gift of Christ and we get peace with that as a fruit of the Spirit to live our lives with. But we also have that same relationship with God that is restored. And we get to have intimacy with the creator of the universe on this earth. That is what is being offered to us through Jesus's death and resurrection. That is what we have available to us, guys. That is so exciting and so incredible. And that is the peace that we can have with God when we accept that. And so another verse that I have to share with you guys about how we not only get peace in our relationship with God, but peace in every circumstance on this earth is John 16, 33. It says, these things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage, I have overcome the world.
So here Jesus is talking to the disciples right before he's going to die. He's, he knows he's going to die. And so he's telling the disciples about how after he is gone, after he rises from the dead and ascends to heaven, there's going to be trials for the the early church. And, and they're going to struggle. They're going to be persecuted. But at the same time, they have the Holy Spirit that's going to be gifted to them so that they can get through those trials. And like we said, a part of having that spirit is having peace and having peace that comes from the Prince of Peace. And so you can trust in God because he's victorious. Because even though we're going to go through trials, just like the disciples went through trials, God is still over that. God is still victorious over, just like Jesus is victorious over death. So don't don't be discouraged when you're going through hard circumstances. Don't be afraid that you can't have peace because the peace of Jesus Christ is the peace that overcomes, the peace that is victorious over everything. And that is is what's being offered to us here. So I just want to share this passage with you guys. It's Philippians 4, 6 through 9, and I really, really love this passage. There's so many different nuances in it that are really, really good truths to know and have at the forefront of your mind, and it's a little bit longer, but I would I would recommend to you guys study this verse, memorize it, remember it, write it on your mirror write it in your lock screen, have it in your notes, have it somewhere, because this is really, really good. And if you have anxiety, if you are a warrior, I, I know I am, um, then then you remember this verse because it will help you to have peace. Um, and, and it's just such a good truth. It's it's coming from the end of Paul's letter to Philippi and the church there. And so, I'm just going to go ahead and read it, and then we'll talk about it a little bit. But it's, once again, Philippians 4, 6 through 9. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. So it's it's ending here in verse 9 that the God of peace will be with you if you're doing these things. And, and what, is, what is really he, being talked about here? Well, first of all, we're told not to worry, instead to pray. So when our circumstances get hard, when life gets messy and painful and confusing, we're not called to worry. We're called to pray. We're called to turn to the God who is peace, who loves us, who has a good plan for us, and talk to him about it. We're supposed to tell him what we need and thank him for all he has done, and then we'll experience God's peace. And I have seen this in my own life because honestly, just praying for peace, just talking to God about what you're going through automatically puts it in perspective that you're following a God who 
is over your circumstances, who is in control of your life, and who and is wanting to give you good things, and he loves you so much. And when you you remember as you pray to that God who it is you're praying to, then you experience that peace because you you can say, oh, it's it's okay. As hard as my circumstance is, and guys, circumstances can be hard. Life is not easy because we don't live in that garden of Eden. We live in a broken world, and circumstances get hard. But as soon as you pray about it, you realize that they are only circumstances. They are not our story. Our story is a story of reconciliation and peace and redemption and rightness with God ultimately in heaven. That is our story. And that is where we get our peace from, knowing that God is there and that we will be with him one day because these circumstances are only temporary in that peace, in that right relationship with God for eternity is forever. And so that peace is going to guard our hearts and our minds as we live in Christ Jesus, as we continue to follow God and accept the sacrifice of Jesus, have the Holy Spirit fix our thoughts on him, It's just really this idea of constantly thinking about God, guys, constantly looking through your life with the lens that God looks through it at, seeing circumstances as only temporary, seeing suffering as an opportunity to share in what Christ experienced, to share in his suffering for the Lord, in fixing our thoughts on these true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable things thinking about things that are worthy of praise, changing our mindset of the world, focusing on God in in putting into practice everything that we're learning as Christians, things that I'm saying today, things that you're reading in your Bible that you hear on Sunday, keeping all of that at the forefront of your mind, keeping Christ at the forefront of your mind, and then acting upon that, living that out. That is what it takes to follow the Lord, and that's what it looks like. And and when you do that, the God of peace is going to be with you. You're going to be overwhelmed with unexplainable peace because that is the gift given to us by Jesus. And that's what I'm here to share with you guys today. A verse just to sum that up, if you want to memorize a shorter one or something like that, is Isaiah 26, 3. It says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So just that idea of being in peace when you focus on God and when you trust in him. So I just wanted to share a final verse with you guys to send you all off into this crazy world that it seems impossible to have peace in. Uh, this is Second Thessalonians 3. Six. It says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you his peace at all times and in every situation. The Lord be with you all. So that was really all that I had to share for you guys. Just this idea of peace Peace coming through reconciled relationship with God and a peace that can get you through any circumstance here on this earth. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this and really just joining me on this journey as we learn together how to faithfully follow God.